Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, we have been discussing the problem with seeking revelations and knowledge from outside of Scripture and visions and all the things that go along with that. One of the verses that we need to cover in this discussion is Colossians 2.18. Do you want to read that for us? Yes, and I'm reading from Holman Christian Standard Bible. Okay. I preached on this a while back when I preached through Colossians. And there are some technical Greek terms that people have wondered how to translate over the years. So you may have different translations, but here's from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Okay. Colossians 2.18. Let no one disqualify you insisting on ascetic practices and the worship of angels claiming access to a visionary realm and inflated without cause by his unspiritual mind. All right. As you were reading that, what really jumped out was uh, inflated without cause by his unspiritual mind. All of these teachers claiming these visions and revelations and manifestations of Jesus all think that makes them some sort of special elite Christian that we need to listen to. Right. They're, uh, the term spiritual, and uh, in fact, in Corinth, they had the spiritual ones, Nematicos, and Paul rebukes them as well. The, the main claim, there's a lot of technical material here that relate to the mystery religions that were going on in Asia Minor at the time Paul wrote Colossians. Okay. And some people had had these experiences, many even before their conversion, and they didn't want to give up their elite status once they were Christian. Right. It's important to know that context. And we actually have on the CIC YouTube channel all of your sermons on Colossians. Okay. So listeners, that might be something you might enjoy listening to because there's a lot more there than what we can discuss in one episode. You can find the one that would cover 218 then? Yes. As a matter of fact, Paul uses some irony and... He's directly rebuking their claims, and they disqualify you by saying they know something you don't know. They've had an experience you haven't had. They're qualified to function in the spirit realm, and us ordinary Christians are rather pathetic. All we have is this gospel and what's revealed in Scripture. And then there are some secret knowledge secret practices, and each phrase has its own nuance that I I probably covered when I did those sermons some years ago, and it, it applies to what we're talking about. Okay. So as we're going through the series that we have been and dealing with unspiritual practices, unscriptural practices, claims of hyper-spirituality, Claims of having knowledge from the realm of the spirits that gave one gives one a, the authority to get things done, to create their own destiny, to deal with curses, 
demons, unsaved people that you can determine who's uh, saved by going through certain things. Ascetic practices, I uh, what that means is somehow through a severe treatment of the body, becoming more spiritual. Okay. When I read that, I always think of monasticism. That's certainly the result of people having false doctrine. The, the monastics took oaths of poverty, oaths of chastity, and other oaths, and then treated somehow joined a group and got rid of ordinary life in order to become spiritual. Yes. And then I wrote three articles on the Colossian heresy. One of them is issue 71. Okay. And worship of angels there doesn't probably mean that the angel is the object of their worship, but that they would enter into a worship experience that would be as if they're joining the heavenly choir. Okay. That can you explain that a little more? How how would they even go about that? Well, the genitive can be different things, possessive, uh, objective, subjective, and so on. Okay. And if I remember correctly, it's been some years since I did that series. There are people who claim to know the secret of what kind of worship is going on in heaven, the angelic choir, and they're going to be part of that because they know things you don't know. Okay. They can enter into this higher level and be participants. Right. So it's participating in angelic worship, not necessarily worshiping the angels. Yeah, if it was worshiping the angel itself, it would be blatant idolatry. Right. Would be easy to rebuke. But when you claim, and these claims are still out there. Okay. So people claim they have some angelic version of worship, some higher level of worship that they now know how to enter because of their revelations or their superior piety, or they they know things you don't know because they have visions of revelation and they are able to enter the third heaven and claims like that. Yes. And I think it's that's important to remember when they're making claims like that, we are not in the realm of the angels. We are not to have access to the realm of the angels. That's forbidden to us, and it's forbidden to us for our protection. So claiming to be a part of this angelic worship is claiming to be a part of a mystical practice that's been forbidden by God. Right. It is forbidden for our safety because we're not equipped to deal with that. Right. And we've talked about that. We are given our senses and our rational minds to function in the world that we're in, to discern the difference between poison and food and so on. We can't live by instinct. Right. And we said before, we can't see the spirits and the unseen angels and that whole realm. Okay. And the people that claim that they have or can are false teachers. Yes. And when this comes up in the New Testament, it's rebuked. 
Right. It's rebuked in Colossians. It's rebuked in Second Corinthians. It's rebuked in Jude. It's rebuked in Second Peter 2. And ironically and amazingly, even now, there are dozens of false teachers, more than that probably, who are making these claims and deceiving many Christians because they think it's valid. Right. And so if somebody publishes a, a booklet or promises that you go to their meeting, you'll learn the secret to enter the unseen realm and the access to the visionary realm of heaven. How many Christians realize, oh, I just heard somebody promoting the Colossian heresy. They don't. And so this article that you wrote, uh, Colossian Heresy Part 3, Rick Joyner Visits Heaven, you wrote that in 2002. And so as I was preparing this morning, I just went and looked up his Facebook page just to see if he's still around and still teaching these things. According to Facebook, there's 163,000 people who still think this is good teaching. Rick Joyner has now been joined by many, many more. Right. Not the least of which is Todd Bentley. Yep. Who constantly claims he's going to have meetings and he's making claims about learning how to enter the visionary realm of heaven. Okay. It's the same thing. That's right. like a calling card amongst the New Apostolic Reformation and other people associated with them. Right. And that's, we, we've said in the Dutch Sheets series several different times, whoever gets the best revelations and hears the most from God and has the best stories, that's who everyone wants to listen to. Yeah, and it has to do with somehow controlling the heavenly realm for outcomes here on earth that we're looking for. Yes. And as we mentioned, in, as we went through a lot of that, the, getting results. Okay. So here's something. Don't be deceived, dear listeners. You can't judge spiritual truth based on pragmatic results as if you were looking at an investment portfolio. Okay. Who got the biggest return? Who yes. got the most in, in the spiritual? Who, who got what they were looking for? Okay. Whatever it may be. The revelations, the um, people willing to go to their meetings, the signs and wonders that they so lust for, that back so much so they'll make up signs and wonders even if they aren't happening. Yes. It's been common and it's been unmasked by discernment ministries. So what's wrong with this uh, insisting, I'm on Colossians 2.18, insisting on ascetic practices and worship of angels then it says, claim, this is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, claiming access to a visionary realm. Okay. Now, I, when I preached on this uh, some years ago, I'd done extensive research. Many of the documents that have been found through excavations in Asia Minor are now available, and I have research material that cites those documents. Okay. And then there's also intertestamental Jewish material that makes similar claims. Right. The Apocrypha, the Pseudepigrapha, 
So this material was out there, and Paul's rebuking it. Right. And while he's rebuking it and telling them instead about the gospel and what is revealed and the person and work of Christ and his real apostles, this material, even in our day, is still going around. People still buy the books. They flock to the meetings. And that's what they want. They lust for what God has not provided. Yes. And when you get it, you're not getting what you think. Right. You're not gaining a higher version of Christianity that us pathetic, ordinary Christians don't have. You're gaining deception, delusion, and it's going to let you down. Yes. The hotshot preachers portray themselves as having gotten it figured out and their stories show them to be the glorious ones. Yeah. It always seems to work for them. They got one story after another to back it up. The people that go to the meetings, give their money, get on the mailing list, follow on social media, they're hoping that some of it will rub off, but it doesn't. You just end up disillusioned and harmed. Paul did not write Colossians 2 for nothing. Okay. What was going on and harming the people in Colossae in the first century is still going on today. It went on through church history, especially in Roman Catholicism, monasticism, mysticism, and so on. It's still out there today. It's still harming people. It still leaves them high and dry, and it takes them away from the finished work of Christ, the hope of the gospel, the forgiveness of sins, scholarly, dedicated study of Scripture for what it does say, and instead, all of their energy goes into trying to gain these experiences. Right. So, and it's interesting, so claiming access to a visionary realm, so they claim they have it, yeah, God hasn't actually given us access to any visionary realm through any normal means. We can't do that through the means of grace. We can't do that through just science. The only way that we can even say something like that is through mystical techniques that have been forbidden by God. Right. And so there's, I I get um, emails asking about other versions that are, um, the contemplative version, a little more, how would you say it? I think it's a little more openly mystical in that they're giving you steps to go through to actually reach this visionary realm, whereas the NAR method is more like, well, I had a dream and here it was, and it said it was Jesus, so it must actually be. Or go to the meeting and have this group experience. Right. There's Facebook ads for miracle meetings and yeah. manifestations, and they know what's going to happen next Saturday at 8 p.m. Yeah. So the this is not biblical. Right. The miracles that happened in the Bible happened through uh, God's actions, and uh, not because somebody got everyone hyped up and decided to have a meeting. Okay. And most of the time, it resulted in judgment, not look at what happened in the wilderness when they had the signs from going on continually. 
Right. Jesus alludes to that in John 6. And yeah. uh, what happened to those who saw miracles daily? <laughs> Many they of died. them were consumed. Yeah. And they actually had a tabernacle with the cloud of glory. I mean, right. <laughs> they actually yeah, could well, witness these things, and, the and they still they fell into in, idolatry and all kinds of things. Well, they died in unbelief. Yeah. They made a golden calf. Yep. The glory did come down on Mount Sinai. Yep. And Moses had to be hid. And these preachers are saying they're going to have a glory meeting. <laughs> right. But they go read what happened. Yeah. Don't see here. Oh, well, we're better now. We're we're not like the Israelites. We're we're the real vision. We're the, we're greater than Moses. We're going to go and we're going to have this great revelation. The cloud of glory is going to come down. What are you asking for? Right. And what they don't realize, and you can read that article about Rick Joyner that I wrote. 20, over 20 years ago, and there were claimants before him. I wrote another article before that, people claiming to visit heaven, and now it's still out there. What it is saying is this. I am not satisfied with what God provided for me in Christ. I'm not satisfied with the Bible, not satisfied with Jesus Christ, who died for sins once for all, I'm not satisfied with Christian fellowship. I'm not satisfied with believing the word of God. Ordinary prayer provided for all Christians. Access to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16. The whole counsel of God. The promises of God. The hope of eternal life. Future glory. I'm not satisfied, they're saying, with any of that. I want my visit to heaven now. Right. I want miracles greater than what they had in the times of the Bible. And these apostles say they're going to have them. Yes. And they ignore the fact that when the miracles were happening, they grumbled, they murmured, and they died in unbelief. Yes. The well, murmuring, the Greek word ganguzo, found in several places in the New Testament, including in John 6, is used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, for the wilderness murmurers. Yeah. And they had their miracles. Don't believe it. Having miracles doesn't make people actually spiritual in the sense of humbly serving Christ. Well, and approaching God in ways that he has not ordained doesn't end well. And as, as you were talking about this, I was thinking about... Do you remember the Beth Moore video that you reviewed at one point and she was going to have her own tent of meeting? Yeah. And she presented it as anybody could have approached the tent of meeting and that's what she wanted to do too. When what scripture actually says was only Moses could go to yeah. the tent of meeting. God only spoke through Moses. And when they rose up in rebellion and thought they could go to the tent of meeting themselves, didn't the ground open up and swallow them? Yeah, the, the rebellion was not good. Right. And I, we, I, at one point, we did a, we have a video that was published on that. Yeah. Kind of well, see, what this is, is sophisticated unbelief. Right. Okay. It's not what you think it is. It's not that the people promoting this are actually more spiritual 
more holy, no secrets you don't know, have access to the visionary realm, have access to angels, have some higher form of worship, have revelation. No, it's it's false. The Bible's warning us about this for our good. We're not lacking. What are we lacking if, as we trust Christ and believe him and serve him by his grace in biblical ways? What is it we're lacking? Right. We are not lacking anything. We have all we need in Christ. And these people, they're not more holy. They're more rebellious. Well, absolutely. I notice that we're still in Colossians 2.18, claiming access to a visionary realm. There's a technical word in the Greek that I unpacked in some art, one of the articles I wrote or in the sermon, having entered. Okay. And some of the research that been done on that shows that there's, I think it's imbatuing. It was a word used in the mystery religion for going through a process of spiritual um, preparation through ascetic oh. practices. And there was this idea that you could enter into this if you were worthy, you could go to the uh, local religion and go into this physical chamber that was supposedly access to. Um, a place, a secret place, something would come and you'd have this experience. And once you had it, supposedly you had exalted status that others didn't. Okay. Put in Arnold's book, The Colossian Syncretism, has the technical material on that. I read that about the time that I wrote those articles. Yes. I still have that book. Now, the point is this. That's not biblical Christianity. Right. What Christ has provided, he provides for every Christian. Yes. An ordinary Christian, meaning someone who's born of God, sins are forgiven, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, hunger for the truth, of hope of glory, part of the family of God, has what has been provided for all. Amen. There are no superior Christians. There are no some secret the rest of us are missing out on. Right. So <laughs> I've been saying that for decades, and I will say it as long as I'm on the earth. Um, so notice it says inflated, puffed up, inflated, without caused by his unspiritual mind, inflated. Here's one of the things you'll notice through every one of the, the New Apostolic Reformation, the Enneagram, they have, they know something by combining some religious ideas from the past from bad sources. Right. Number and you, you, that, I wrote about that as well. Whatever version of it. It's always the same. Promotes the idea that if I get this, that I have something you don't have. Right. I know something you don't know. And you need what I have, and here's how you go get it. And it's a how-to or learning a secret or whatever. Okay. You would never get it from reading the Bible according to the author's intent, what did the Lord say? 
and what does it mean? Right. Okay. So this causes, um, how would you say it's, I call it status honor. I am better than somebody else because I'm more pious. That's right. Now, as we were preparing for this, you had sent me a bunch of verses out of Luke. We really only have about five minutes, but maybe you can just share a couple of these and, and yes, show us I'm, what Jesus said about status and honor. And Yeah. Um, as I've been teaching, I love Luke Acts. You probably know that. Whenever yes. I, I'm still teaching in Acts in, in Sunday school, and I've been in Luke Acts for a long time, and I'm seeing the narrative unity and how this all happens. There's warnings throughout Luke Acts about trying to have honor in the eyes of other people. Okay. That's a warning. Luke 12, 1, under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another, he, this Jesus, began saying to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But there's nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Now, why say that when you have thousands of people stepping on one another okay. that want to come? Right. They're all trying to get in the best position. Yeah. This is, uh, see, in church growth, they call that a people movement. But here comes with a, this is a warning. Yeah. No, I, I ran across this because I, I'm right now, I've been teaching in Acts 20 about the qualification of elders. Paul's address to the Ephesian elders. I found this word beware. Okay. Look out. It's the same word here beware. So I look every time in Luke Acts, I find beware. Well, here's one of them. So why beware means look out. Be careful. This is a danger. What's the leaven of the Pharisees? Well, we know he tells us. Hypocrisy. What does that mean? Play acting, putting on a face. In other words, because of all these followers, the disciples could easily think, look how great we are. Okay. Look at how many people love us. Yes. And want to hear us. And he gives a beware. And the reason for the beware is that the thing that will shoot us down is pride. Right. And that's the danger. That danger is greater than the danger of lack of results. Okay. Okay. This book we've been going through for a long time. Keeps talking about lack of results. Well, here they have the results, and they're under even more serious danger. Right. Okay. Whenever there's something big going on, that's when you have the danger. Okay. And rather than beware, people nowadays with thousands of people stepping on each other to get to the meeting. They they expand. Yes. Okay. Now let's set up something bigger. Let's do better promotion. Now we have social media. Let's put it out there so everybody can see what's going on. And 
we have the great revival that's going to change the whole world. Right. They don't. And boy, have we seen that? Promoted. Yeah. And those of us that's been around a while, I've been a Christian since 1971. I've seen one after another after another of these grand claims of a new reformation fail every single time. That's right. And for the real rep- reformation, nobody was planning it. It just happened. Well, they, yeah, they found out what happens. Luther. Yeah. First of all, get the Bible translated into the common vernacular. Yes. The Bible itself, what it says and what it means, is a major uh, way that people are delivered from the claims of the false religious authorities. Yes, absolutely. That's what was going on with the Pharisees. Jesus told them the truth. He cited Old Testament scripture, and he spoke the very authoritative words of, of God himself, speaking the words of God, being God the Son, was a danger to the religious people. Okay. So they martyred people for translating the Bible into the common vernacular. Number right. Two, the priesthood of every believer. Yes. You can go directly to the highest authority, Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of God, Jesus, God the Son, fully human, fully God, who claimed who claim to be such, who died for sins and was raised on the third day and exalted to heaven, who is coming again to bring reward and judgment. If you have direct access to him, then these religious authorities can't set up the system to keep you out. Exactly. Or they can't promise you something. If you go to them and do what they say, you get access. The Reformation pointed out to believers that they have direct access to God. It was already granted by God. Right. They were just proclaiming what he had already said. Right. Rome was keeping them from it. You've got to go through our prelates, our priesthood, not the priesthood of every believer, and do what we say to get, hopefully, somewhere with God. Whereas, a matter of fact, the access to the throne of grace and forgiveness of sins is already granted once for all by Christ. Amen. In the same way, all these claims, don't get excited about it. It's a danger. Beware. 11 of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And that's exactly what's going on with these claimants to access to the worship of angels, higher order authorities, visionary experiences, and uh, religious claims that ordinary people can only hope for and have to go to these guys to try to get it. All right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus. Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.